0: Edition of Mr. Nice Guy. I'm Ben Slowey. Today, the show we've got folk singer songwriter uh, who just dropped a new album. It's called Moon Dog. Uh, this past year, um, it's really good. Go listen to it. And uh, he has been uh, uh, out here in the scene uh, for a long time. Uh, his first album came out what 2010. Uh, first one, 2010. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yep. Been running uh, albums uh, for a decade now, and uh, he's going on tour soon. We're going to talk a little bit about his artistry and uh, why he does what he does. So, Joseph Huber, welcome to the show.
1: What's happening, Ben? Good. Thanks for having me, buddy. You bet. Uh, Cheers to a good show. Cheers. All right. I'm glad I went home and changed before I came to this because I would have come here straight from the shop with, like... Uh, Sawdust everywhere And it it was like a Just a Packers sweatshirt from Target or something Oh yeah, right, right Yeah, sure Hey, well
0: I mean, I've done the show in my pajamas Alright, cool Yeah, so, I mean The fit, like, really uh, It varies Alright, cool But you you look great Thanks Yeah, thanks Yeah, Um, yeah, man uh, So, yeah How was your day? What'd
1: you do? I woke up pretty late uh, but what did I do? I went and ate at Shahrazad, and then Tight. I went to the shop oh, I was yeah. working on a coffee table for a buddy today So that's what I've done essentially for the last couple hours here before this so sucking sawdust that kind of stuff right, right and uh, How did it turn out? Pretty- well, I I did the uh, You're supposed to Measure twice cut once and I definitely did uh, one cut today that really set me back pretty much mm. an hour so uh, an hour just uh, redoing one oh, piece uh, yeah so it's a little bit of a bummer today but uh, still work was work was accomplished at least good good yeah, yeah I know when you're a carpenter
0: uh, you, you're working with a lot of like geometry and shit like that aren't you
1: yep a little bit yeah I wouldn't be good at that <laughs> <laughs> no I'm I'm not great at like making like you know writing out the plans beforehand either I'm just pretty much just like it's in my brain and I just do it mm-hmm. and uh, it's step, step by step, piece by piece as I'm making it. So um, I just did uh, some projects for a buddy of mine who I actually had to like draw like mock-ups and things like that mm-hmm. and draw it out. And to me that was just, like, it was just like stressful for me. To just yeah. like, I just want to start this because everything else I do is just kind of just me going here, I got some, I got this wood, let's just start and see what happens. You know. Mm-hmm. So that's usually my process. Pretty, uh, well, good. Well, I'm glad you, you
0: you came here looking like a real Wisconsin uh, gigging Hell musician. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Um, I suppose so. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah also,
1: uh, I actually used to live across the street from Shiraz. Uh, it's underrated. Okay. It is underrated. It really too. is. Yeah. Because every time I go there, it's usually me and one other table. Like yeah. every single yeah. time. That's I funny. have no idea what's going on.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's a it's it a gem of the East Side for sure, and it's so overlooked in that concentrated area with like Oakland Euros right there, and um, you know the the, the the new wing spot and like the yeah. Blaze Pizza, but Shirazad is a fine establishment, great Middle Eastern
1: food. Yeah, go have it. Yes, and the other shawarma place right next to it too. Yeah, essentially one block over. Yeah, shawarma house Log- across Walgreens. Right. Yeah, there's there's a lot of that going on. I'm inspired,
0: so yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what I ate all through college for sure. Um, yeah, well, uh what we talk about on Mr. Nice Guy, we talk Love and Fear, Passion and Creativity. And I uh, I've known of you for a long time, uh, for uh basically since I started covering for Break and Entering, I kept saying Joseph Huber, like your name would pop up on you know, social media and stuff and then I finally I was gonna actually go to your uh the Anodyne show that you just did two days ago, mm-hmm. um, but I found out you were playing for our good friend Nick Lang's birthday last month. Shout out yep. to Nick Lang, uh, along with Derek Pritzel. <laughs> also, <laughs> yes. shout out to Derek Pritzel. Of course. And uh, that, so I was like, oh, hey, okay. well, I love Nick, and I've been wanting to see you and Derek both for a while now. Uh, so we went up for a Monday night, Martin Luther King Day uh, show at High Dive, yeah. and, and yeah. it was a blast. Yeah, man, that was a good
1: show. Yeah, it was my first time playing high dive. Certainly, yeah, it was supposed to be. I mean, Nick just got a hold of me to do it, and uh, Essen was just getting back from a vacation. At first, I was like, "Is this just gonna be me?" But then I asked Essen to do it, and at the last second, I was like, "I don't know if I want. If I'm playing Milwaukee, I just like to have the whole shebang there." Mm-hmm. And so, yep. last seconds, I think a day and a half before the show I asked Kenny uh, our new fiddle player guitar player if he wanted to take a trip from Madison over and just mm-hmm. do it and just nice. have fun for a night and it all worked out so I had the whole three piece there and it was pretty kick ass oh yeah it was a little, little foot
0: tapping yeah this, you know yeah we were yeah it was a great it was it was a ton of fun um, and uh, yeah uh, and on that note how, how was your Anodyne show two days ago um, it was pretty awesome oh,
1: yeah right. uh, Chicago Farmer uh, we did two shows with him, one down in Berlin at Fitzgerald's, or Chicago, Berlin mm. and Chicago. Mm. Um, and that was the first time I had ever played there. Um, and I feel like as much as big as Chicago as I always end up in the same one or two places, and I'm just, I was kind of like looking for yeah. a place where the music truly does fit. And I felt like this, this place just truly, the music fits. And like obviously opened up for him, uh, someone named Chicago Farmer in Chicago. Uh, He's from Bloomington, but he's got a crowd there, so it was really nice, so I I think he opened up, you know, a certain um, audience and uh, people that had never seen us before uh, to us, and uh, I was quite surprised when Chicago people were dancing, because I've never played Chicago and had them dancing. Oh, really? So this is the first time I was like, Fitzgerald's might be the place, because if they're actually... We scooting a little bit, then it felt pretty good. So, yeah. <laughs> so, so,
0: they, so they, they were grooving.
1: So, they, it turned out good. They dug it, yeah. It was good, fun. I'm glad. But the Anodyne show was essentially, uh, uh, yeah, same as that. It was uh, uh, a wonderful evening. All the folks came out. And uh, I was kind of hoping I could reciprocate by having a Milwaukee audience come see Chicago Farmer, too. And mm-hmm. and uh, he said also that uh, there's a lot of people that uh, had, never, had never seen him play. And so, the crossover was nice good. between those two shows. I Very think nice. it was... Uh, a mutually beneficial great. thing no yeah. doubt <laughs> good uh is it was a good mix and match yes awesome yeah he's got a great stage presence and banter and nice. he really just uh I, I i mean i've seen him play 10 to 12 times wow. and Either he's got some some sort of new thing that just makes you laugh your ass off, or it's the same thing that you've heard before, but then you forgot about it the (laughs) right time. And you're like, Oh that's right. So you find yourself laughing, and I'm like, Oh my god, how many times have I laughed at this joke? And it still works. Totally. (laughs) That's dude, I mean I just got it. Right. But you know, I feel
0: like I laugh about like a lot of the same shit constantly too. Like that, I yeah. feel like my friends and I we, we rehash the same like ten jokes and we have for like yeah. the past five if years. If you
1: drink enough hams, you forget it, then it comes back up. So, and it's
0: funny again. It's Yeah. yes, so. <laughs> <laughs> dude. And I, like I'll be laughing to shit like like by myself like when I'm in the shower. You know, I'll mm-hmm. start chuckling. I'm like, this it's so stupid. Like sometimes it can be just so ridiculous, but it just a lot of it is the timing
1: you know oh yeah timing's everything he's got a yeah chicago farmer has like a strange uh, (laughs) very nice deadpan yeah but yeah yeah that's the best part makes you bust up though
0: totally man yeah so i guess uh yeah uh i'd like to take it back and uh i want to hear a little bit about your own musical background i want to hear when you started playing music as a creative
1: outlet for yourself growing up okay
0: where are you from, first
1: some um, New London, Wisconsin. Okay, sure. Uh, so I started playing music. Well, I started with piano when I was very, very young. I, I don't think. Uh, well, my grandpa was a piano player, and uh, and so my parents got me started on that. And I did want to at the time as a child. I was just like, yeah, that'd be great. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then started it. And I think I did four years of that. And realized after four years, I was like, I'm not. Advancing because I don't want to it's, just, it's not my instruments and I was yeah. by, that, by that time I was you know uh, Fourth fifth grade mm-hmm. and was just like I'm just gonna buy an electric guitar and this is just what's gonna happen So I started out on an acoustic guitar that my dad stringed up for me for a Christmas present but then within you know six months I had an electric guitar yeah. and was doing you know Probably writing songs by the time I was in fifth and sixth grade trying to write my own punk rock songs inspired by, you know, Green Day, Rancid, and whatever else I was listening to at the time. And so that was pretty much my next, you know, three years of listening to that, uh, listening to punk rock Mm -hmm. pretty much only. And that actually somewhat extended also through high school, but then having other people that were into it and uh, starting punk rock bands in high school with your friends. Naturally, right.
0: Um, You play like the, you know the the coffee sh- the town coffee
1: shop and whatnot anything from the gymnasium to <laughs> your friend's basement to the coffee shop yeah, to yeah. yes the, yeah, talent, right show. Yeah. the, the course, talent show the talent show of course yeah my my buddy Adam who's in my first band still has video I think um, of and I might too somewhere my parents might of our first like gymnasium talent <laughs> show and I was a nervous wreck oh that's key. Yeah. yeah so. Yeah, I like to forget about those days, but. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But they are funny, and they were me, so. Yeah, I mean. Can't deny it, unfortunately. I feel that,
0: though. I mean, I I feel like that's, you know, kind of a similar tale for a lot of these uh, gang artists now. Like, yeah, you Mm -hmm. start with a lot of that angsty middle school shit, and then, Yeah. uh, yeah, it's. I mean, when you're. Uh, going through high school, it's like, yeah, you know, you, you play what you can get, uh, but then what matters is when, how, how you take it beyond that. So, um, so like, yeah, I guess, um, so, uh, how old are you? 37. 37. Okay. So, so this, okay. So. Damn! so you've been playing for a while <laughs> i was gonna guess like maybe like you're in like your younger 30s but um, um i hear that a lot
1: so i'm gonna say i'm gonna start saying
0: 30 from here on there on. Yeah. So. yeah right <laughs> Yeah, you know, close enough right? keeps you young it, yeah it mm-hmm. sure does I, I mean i got 30 recently when i had the beard still but yeah. i'm i just turned 24 so yeah I'm pretty it, it throws people off you know <laughs> but uh, yeah so uh, I guess like um, how did that beyond like just uh, you know high school and everything how did that continue beyond and into it, like your uh, older years
1: well I would say when I was maybe 17 I started getting into country or something along with punk rock I started listening to Hank Williams and mm-hmm. Flat and Scruggs and Bill Monroe and just kind of dipping my fingers into different folk stuff even just like you know Paul Simon, Simon and Garfunkel, and uh, my parents got just weirded out by that. It was kind of funny, just having a mohawk, you know, a 14-inch mohawk, and then you suddenly just, like, your parents are just, like, hearing you listening to Simon and Garfunkel, and they're like, what is going on right now? What are you doing? Like, yeah, <laughs> right, so, yeah, um, yeah. So... So no, I made a folk swing around that time, and then uh, by the time I went to college down here in Milwaukee, I, uh, I bought a banjo pretty much right away when I moved to Milwaukee just because I was into flat & Scruggs and, and mm-hmm. um, John Hartford and kind of listening to some new things and trying to learn how to do that. And my buddies in all you know, punk rock bands were doing the exact same thing simultaneously and separately, essentially. Uh, Jake Orvis from 357 was playing in a band that I didn't know about and he was playing mandolin and suddenly he brings over my buddy my buddy's house and is sitting on the couch playing mandolin and I'm just like what is going on you know so he starts throwing some different names at me of bands to check out that I have not heard of yet and getting into it and then uh, yeah Derek from 357 is doing the exact same thing he's a drummer started playing guitar and then we were just throwing different things that we were finding at each other Mm -hmm. um and there's just yeah a whole new world that kind of blew up from there, of folk stuff that was coming out around the time, or folk inspired stuff. The Shack Shakers and Old Crow and oh yeah right, right uh yeah. Byron and mm-hmm. uh, Split Lip Rayfield and uh, I mean there wasn't a whole lot. Hackensaw Boys. Um, it's just a handful of them. Um, and were you like starting to write country songs or stuff like more? I mean better? yeah, as Three Fifty Seven started, we all started writing songs much immediately so around 19 when i was 19. Mm. Uh, but i don't know some people still like that stuff but um, i look back and i'm pretty embarrassed by a certain amount of it but also see like where i started to want to become more serious about it and and uh started putting more effort into it into like the next album after the, our first one too and i mean yeah looking back and i could even see the own development where of you know I was in school for philosophy at the time too, oh, so okay. I could see where my mind was going. Oh, yeah, God. oh, I'm getting serious right there. Ooh, right. I thought that was important. Yes, yeah. <laughs> that kind of stuff. So, were you at uh, UWM? I was. Yeah,
0: yeah, same. I was too. Um, yeah. So, um,
1: so 357 was that your band uh, earlier? Or? So 357, yeah. 357 String Band went from maybe 2004 started until 2011 okay sure so yeah that was mostly me playing banjo and trying to figure out what the heck songwriting was more seriously (laughs) did you figure it out did you get on anything Uh, to a certain extent (laughs) but also no I That's. I would say songwriting is is always like you you always think like the next song you're working on is gonna be your last one and then nothing's ever gonna come to you ever again and then somehow it does and then so it's a very unstable feeling, but it's uh, somehow it's always worked out where they just keep coming, think out, yeah. So, right? yeah. So it becomes <laughs> yeah,
0: like stream of conscious kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel that way every single day. I'm like, is this gonna be the last podcast I ever record? You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be the last band. I ever words. See. <laughs> Am I just gonna get t- wake up tomorrow and be tired of music and just never go to shows again? Like,
1: yeah, you know. Well, that does happen in in, in kind of like ebbs and flows mm-hmm. for me I will, i'll go through four months and just be like i haven't listened to a new thing or maybe even an old thing you know yeah. whether it's in the car at the shop i'll just go through a period where i just do not listen mm-hmm. at all yeah and i think that's perfectly fine oh absolutely i mean
0: yeah it's you know i think that yeah it kind of like it it definitely comes in waves like in, as any passion does you yeah. know and you can't like
1: force it You can't force yourself to Or just oversaturate yourself, period. I mean it's like reading a book where you just like read a few pages and then set it down and then just think about it and let it absorb or walk walk away and just think about it versus just like putting too much in and then you're like, What did I what's happening? What did I read? Yeah, right. Which yeah Yeah. I don't
0: Really read books, and I haven't read a book in a long time, and that's because like I never absorb. As I'm, I'll find myself like reading over the same exact page like five times because my mind is just like my <laughs> mind will just completely like going it, like it just. Is that diagnosed
1: or is that, uh, is that...
0: <laughs> yeah? <laughs> or is that just a modern thing? Oh, just like a generational thing. That's oh, I, I'm I'm sure it's a mix of both. <laughs> I mean, I do I do have like you know like I I struggle with like. Staying focused all the time for sure. No, but,
1: I agree. I'd same here. It happens. Yeah it happens to, everyone, <laughs> to a certain extent. Oh, no,
0: totally. No. So how did so like from your band and transitioning into your solo stuff? Like I guess like what like what I guess like what happened with like the when the band like ended and I guess like uh, Yeah, I guess like what made the bands uh,
1: disband? Um, Certainly creative direction. I mean there was some scuffles at the time too in a general personality sort of like butting heads to a certain extent at mm-hmm. the time too where i think everyone was touring too much and was exhausted and could wanted to do anything else but it at the time that happens yeah. um but I, I mean i guess at the time i was definitely thinking i wanted to do something different because i mean 357 it was very I mean, I guess we could have done anything with it and it, and it had to become whatever we just started writing, period, and have just become that. Mm-hmm. But it was like, you know, three albums and our, we were writing our, our finishing up our fourth album at the time that never came out. But I mean, I felt like it was somewhat constricting in terms of the writing where I wasn't writing the songs. Like, I was writing not what I would write. I was writing what I thought 357 was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So that was not exactly creatively oh, yeah. fulfilling as much as being like, well, I can't keep doing this because I'm just writing what, I'm just trying to write something that's no longer coming in a certain way Yeah. versus just writing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That it makes, makes sense. sense. Yeah,
0: where it, it becomes like a the sort of thing where like, you know, your, your heart wants to write in a particular direction that might be a little... It might just deviate from what you think it's going to be. Are you, are you,
1: yeah, I mean, you can't really call it totally sincere anymore. Yeah, for sure. You know, and that's always kind of been a, a thing for me where I'm just kind of like, I'm not going to be able to keep doing this if I'm not feeling forcing. Like, looking back at my own work, I'm like, what did I do? Uh, how, how am I writing? What am I writing about? And it's kind of like you're trying to rehash a lot of the same old ideas and things. where. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, it just felt like a very structured, limited things that would have been accepted for either within the band or by the fan base, Mm -hmm. where I'm just like, am I going to write a whole album that's just going to piss off my fan base or am I just going to go off and just do what I want to do and just leave this nice, safe and sound over here as 357, these nice compact albums that we were all into doing the same thing. It really did make perfect sense Mm -hmm. and now it's just... Really doesn't. You know?
0: Yeah, totally. So, um, so I mean, the last uh, in the last year, you know, I've uh, covered a handful of like country, honky tonk, you know, folk stuff. Like, you know, I uh, Beaumont was in town this week. Did you get to see him? I did not see him. No. Shouts to Beaumont. Great. Guy. <laughs> I love that dude. Uh, yeah, he was in town this week. Uh, I had him on the show uh, right before he left, and I asked him because like he was one of the like he's probably like the one of the first like country, honky-tonk sort of artists I ever covered for Break and entering. And I asked him, like, what are some good country bands? Um, and, you know, he mentioned, like, Buffalo Gospel, Long Mama, Hughes Family Band. These
1: like, are all the names that I would name. Yeah, I was gonna... So, like... If I was gonna have, like, what local bands? Like, you just named them. Right, yeah. Derek Pritzel. Uh, Derek, Derek Pritzel, that Long Sports. Mama, and Buffalo Gospel, yeah.
0: Yeah, so I guess, like, when 357 was still a band, like, was, like, the presence of, like, that kind of music, that kind of, s- that flavor of music, like, was it there in the capacity
1: it is now? In- no. No. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> I don't think so. Mm. Um, there was, I mean, we were influenced by, like, when we, when we were starting, it was like bluegrass bands up north. Oh, yeah. That helped us out. That were throwing festivals, and, you know, they were more like bluegrass and uh, string band oriented. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, Art Stevenson and, and Sloppy Joe been around Good. in wisconsin horseshoes and hang grenades didn't start until what i mean i remember hanging out with those guys when they were super young in stevens point in college oh yeah um what's that bluegrass festival they do isn't it like blue ox or something isn't blue it, ox like, is another a big one up yeah field. yeah yep. yeah yeah
0: i've heard it's really fun but.
1: um it is yes mm-hmm. yeah it's a blast Good. it's an amazing setup where where, where it is mm-hmm. yeah sure. um, I'm trying to think of other bands that were around at the time. So it
0: didn't it didn't have as big of a presence as it has now in Milwaukee. Um, I
1: don't think of, uh, anywhere. I don't know. I <laughs> said. Yeah. Right. I know what um, you mean. Just the way the this thing called Americana has morphed into like essentially like you know like fucking eighty percent of the bands out there are somewhat Americana or something. It seems mm-hmm. it's strange because yeah, when we started, it just wasn't thing. Yeah. It doesn't seem like it. Uh, I, I kind of live in a hole in my head all the time, so maybe I was just missing it. But, I mean, I just don't feel like it was anywhere near what it is now. Oh, okay. damn. Um, because cool. those poor bastards were a band from Madison that we played with all the time. That was a gothic country band that was our uh, buddies of ours that was kind of doing something similar, mixing this kind of like, yeah, gothic, but also country at the same time. Uh, but it was pretty limited at the time, I I really do think. Yeah, there's definitely, like, in terms of things that we were influenced by, you know. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot
0: of, uh, I know, there's a lot of fusion stuff that goes on these days. Like, I you know, uh, you know, Resurrectionists. Uh, Joe Cannon. Yes, yeah, it's Joe, Joe Cannon's new yeah. band. Uh, but they're, like, doing, like, some kind of, like, doom country music right now. It's pretty cool, like. And I think that that's kind of just the direction music, you know, goes in general. Is that it becomes a lot of fusion-based stuff, taking elements
1: from yeah you know, all all kinds of different uh, scenes and whatnot. No, I mean it's like when I try. I mean, I listen to a lot of still like old standard like uh, George Jones things, and I have songs that I write that are. Pretty damn good songs, I think, that are yeah. they might, they're just classic country songs. But I, I never like release them yeah. because it seems weird, because it, it automatically seems throwback. Mm-hmm. And we live in such an eclectic musical world where to, to really do something that is very precise and of a time in a very specific genre always seems like... Like when I hear bands that are very much like, holy shit, this is just straight up early 70s mm-hmm. country. It seems like I don't want to judge, but it feels like it's this like dream like throwback thing that is always like I don't want to, I don't want to use the word insincere, but I'm always just like it's just. What do you want De- to do? Like, derivative? Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. like, I'm just like, what else is in there? Yeah, what do you want to yeah, do? Yeah,
0: like, totally. Yeah. Yo, <laughs> absolutely. absolutely. No, I, I totally agree. And, and I, think, I, I mean, you could say that about... There's too
1: just much too much I... else that's happened in the world. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> yeah, <right>. and, and <laughs> how human beings have socially changed and everything that, like, to do that feels like you're restricting something within you for the purpose of... Or, right. Yeah. You know,
0: we have to... We naturally evolve from, like, the purest barriers of, like, and that's why I think, like, you know, I mean, I say all the time, like, I think genres are dead at this point. I don't believe in them. I just think that, like, you can get... They're pretty hilarious. I mean, the
1: genre is... The the band is the genre at this point. Right, yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. (laughs) But, but like, but, but that's a good thing, like, because it's, you know, genres really just imply barriers. They imply categories, and, I mean, I... I wholeheartedly believe that, like... You know bills and not only our own city but like on you know friday night you want to see live music at your local dive like if i were to go to bremen and i wanted to catch a show like bremen's actually happens to be really good at doing this but like a lot of mixed jo- like mixed stuff you know like where each band is you know completely different maybe the energy is similar but like the instrumentation the dynamic you know how loud the band is you know like the the lyricist is like you know it's it's got to be all different you know and i think that we are you know that's that's what i want to see is four bands doing completely different shit
1: yeah i mean that's what we used to do in 357 back in the day was Mm -hmm. always have just be weird as fuck between the transitions because i mean for one thing there really wasn't a lot of you know bluegrass and stuff that we were doing in at the time so we would always just like we play with hip-hop bands and play with electronic play with fatty acids Oh, that's like awesome. When yeah, when we, had, when we did our Turner Hall show. It's like yeah Let's add these young kids because what they're doing is freaking awesome. Yeah,
0: you know?
1: so Yeah, man. so uh,
0: so Building our way up to the present um, so I know like you know, it was moon was like what your fifth album mm-hmm. Fifth album. Yeah, um, so kind of fresh because I recently talked to you um, so I guess so uh, You know, love to hear a little bit. Um, We talked about it obviously that night, but uh, Mm -hmm. a little bit about the recording process of this album. I mean, I know. I mean, it was a long album. It's over an hour. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, tell me a little bit about like what this album, what statement you wanted to make with this record and everything.
1: Um, Well, it kind of morphed into its its own thing versus any uh, like grand uh, album. Theme that I was going to create because it started off as 10 songs and uh, I was in a relationship and by the time it was done it was 15 and I was out of a relationship yeah,
0: right. so
1: um, it, it's kind of yeah I mean a lot happened during the period of uh, recording mixing and making it to the point where I kind of just lost my brain a little bit and yeah so I, I think I even said the last thing I'll always look at it kind of like a little a little skewed look of just being like wow i really love these songs love this writing love everything and it's just hard for me to, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to right. think about that recording process yeah. and that making that process um but it's essentially in the end i mean uh, when i look back at now it is uh maybe like 80 percent of that album is about um a loss of a relationship it's mm-hmm. like I never I never put like uh, like when, when people write songs I, I don't like to ever put like a hundred percent truth of my own experience into a song to the point where you're you're revealing so much that the viewer is literally like just this is awkward yeah,
0: um, <laughs> <we're, they're laughs> yeah like I don't like, know what to say <laughs> yeah so <laughs> yeah I,
1: I I mean maybe that's yeah just like keeping up <clears> a few walls but like um have some sort of privacy in this world but like you know I, I feel like uh they're very sincere songs but i don't like totally give everything away i don't like doing that right uh, but still this is it's also still about me 80 to 90 percent in every song without you know sure. everything in there so what is, uh what uh, does the word moon dog" represent to you oh well I, well it's a. Uh, what it is is like a refraction of light that comes off a moon. It's actually just like a, oh. more of a phenomenon, like a oral or an l- phenomenon. Okay, sure. Okay. So, but I kind of just like skewed that a little bit and just essentially made it more of like a just like a howling at the moon sort of thematic thing of just like this. That song is more about a person going on tour, where there's sort of like this. Become that sort of werewolf of what you are when you're on tour and mm-hmm. you just lose your shit and you embrace that night lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So that kicks off the album, yeah. and then every other song is essentially downhill from there. <laughs> yeah, so. Of what, what comes from leading that lifestyle? Yeah, well, yeah. It's the, uh, I would say to a certain extent that the flow of the album goes from yeah that sort of high mark and then ends with, you know over the album you see like uh, the troubles that evolve from it and at the the last song Pale Lonesome Rider kind of being the conclusion and the wild swans of cool uh, the uh, the second last song is a a Yates poem that I just thought nicely expressed what it meant to be sitting and kind of feeling like uh, seeing these Swans fly away mm-hmm. and still have this passion in life while you you've seen them come and go every year And they still have this passion within them and they've left and maybe you still don't have the same passion in you anymore mm-hmm. and then ending with yeah. Truly on your own, That's so harsh. it's a little it's a little that depressing is, that it's you know? harsh. <laughs> well, there's one song
0: um, I because I like was listening to it before you got here And there's one song that like particularly like I really liked and that was I wonder where you go mm-hmm. Man, that song like,
1: that's some like tearjerker shit, dude. <laughs> now, is it? I wonder where you go, or where you said you would be? Um, some people screw them up.
0: It was. I, I wonder I where you okay. go.
1: Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some people get confused, including everyone in the band, for the first six months. Right. Of learning. Like, <laughs> which one? Wait, which? What are we doing?
0: Yeah, where it's like you know
1: some maybe a couple of the same words yeah you know, but yeah uh, that song like i mean that's that song was really influenced by a lot of listening to uh Van Morrison Astral Weeks mm-hmm. and uh yeah i had that when i originally wrote that song the lyrics to it uh the lyrics were written for a while and it was kind of done in this almost like Paul <laughs> Simon Graceland sort of a lot di- different beats it was a little bit more upbeat and then the song was completely different and then uh I scrapped it. and I threw it away, and then uh, ended up taking some of the lyrics, adding to it, adding new lyrics, kind of moving it around, and kind of doing it in this vein of yeah, just, just getting obsessed with Van Morrison, Astral Weeks mm-hmm. for a certain amount of time, where I was just like, well, let me just try out this this sort of uh, you know this uh, the snare like hitting just the whole thing is just riding this riding the uh, or hi hats riding the hi hat and uh, just building building it around that and then adding kind of these like little symphonic little violins in the left stereo mm-hmm. over here and, and uh, yeah, just like after examining kind of some of the recordings and on Astro Weeks and trying to figure out what was going on there but obviously this is my own bedroom recordings doing this mm-hmm. but uh, that was definitely influenced by that sound And uh, Yeah
0: man, that song like I thought about because uh, like I go on a lot of walks by myself like it's kind of like a it's just like a therapeutic thing for me, like, I like to just go on walks and shit, but Mm -hmm. that song, like, I I felt like, when I listened to it, I was, like, walking on, like, I was walking home, like, on some, like, uh, train tracks or something. You feel like you're walking away from something Mm -hmm. with
1: that song, so... Um, Yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, that song, I would say, out of all the songs on the album, is probably lyrically the most vague and open and just sort of... I get the feeling, but... I don't know exactly what's going on but you can sort of you know put anyone can put their own individual circumstance into no, yeah, that song because yeah. it's pretty big but yeah. something's being lost yeah
0: so. <laughs> <laughs> there you go yeah, exactly. yeah like and that's that's the beauty of interpretation
1: yeah
0: um, yeah so um, so yeah I, I know that you said that you're already working on new stuff uh, mm-hmm. you've, uh, you've got some plans for the summer you know obviously you go on tour next week or next month so yeah tell me a little bit about what you're working on now
1: Um, I started recording January 1st of this year but I mean it's recording for me isn't exactly like alright two weeks and this album's gonna be done we're gonna be you know it's always like well we'll get it little by little figure it out what we're going for so started off with about eight songs and i think i've whittled it down to six at this point that still need to be expanded upon and so there still does need to be other songs written and worked on sort of add to the, to add to this one
0: mm-hmm.
1: but we're getting there we're getting there i really would like to have an album out by uh this summer in august mm-hmm. and uh that's a lot of work to do to get that done right yeah. now um, so we'll see if that actually happens or you know everyone's got big plans but doesn't always work out and it could be the next year but I would really like to try to figure out how to get another one out this year just due to you know the world's impatience and my own and my own impatience so certainly we shall see we shall see yeah um, but in the meantime yeah I've got plenty of shows coming up that like this last three months has been like two shows a month and it's at this point I'm kind of just get just antsy and just being like oh my god what am I doing right um, yeah so it's been nice to work on woodwork and stuff but I want to get on tour again so as soon as February 28th hits we're going out for three weeks out west uh, as far as uh, Colorado and Wyoming Wyoming, Casper, Wyoming is think the farthest west. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think so, you, I think you mentioned uh, when we talked about. Yeah, you're like, kind of, you're doing a little sort of like a
1: Midwest, Western, loop.
0: Middle Western. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Middle Earth, Middle Earth. Yeah, certainly. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, Casper, Wyoming. Yeah, man, it's a it's a good crew out there. I, it, it really you, is. You did say that <laughs> for sure. I man, I I want to go to Wyoming so bad.
1: Yeah, it's pretty. Yeah. Pretty strange and moonlike and <laughs> get up to Casper. Yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a scene where like you kind of like are driving out west and then as soon as you hit a certain part going from Denver to to Casper and you're in the middle of nowhere and you start to see that like antelope and you're like that's right antelope right antelope are yeah. in this country <laughs> yeah yeah and then you're like thinking home on the range like yeah an- like that's where they got that right. there's antelope in this country <laughs> right it's weird dude. These things roam. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they do because yeah. right, there's a lot of space to do it.
0: Oh yeah. I remember mm. uh yeah, my family we we took a trip to the Badlands when I was like nine and you're just like driving through just like the the herds of buffalo, you see the pronghorns like sure. on the side of the road and whatnot. Yeah. And you're like, Oh yeah, that's <laughs> you know, it's like it's like gators in Florida, you know? It's like mm. Oh yep. yep. Well, uh, that sounds like a lot of fun, man. Uh, yeah, and
1: then we got another South one lined up in May that I'm about to announce uh, the next couple days. But it's tight. also booked. But yeah, going down to Nashville and Asheville and other places, uh, Atlanta and things like that in May. So um, probably for another three weeks, I think on that one too Two weeks. in May. Nice. so yeah I'm excited to be doing it again after just like a, last year I think we were down to 60 some odd shows after mm-hmm. I think doing a hundred or more shows for like four years straight mm-hmm. and then 60 yeah and I was yeah do you do it? yeah L- lineup change and uh, other obvious personal circumstances of my own right. that led to uh, uh, music not exactly being at the forefront for a little while, mm-hmm. which is gonna happen in life certainly oh, totally yeah. so but yeah, after you know um, a rough little jaunt, a little period now we're kind of back at it again and uh, our our new fiddle player Kenny uh, from Anstony well, plays mm-hmm. electric guitar too mm-hmm. he's gonna come out uh, with us on all these and I'm pretty stoked about it because it's just kind of added a whole new dimension and element mm-hmm. to the to the live sound on stage that's you know. People love the fiddle, and usually, yeah, I'm ne- love having a fiddle in every single song. But having electric guitars has just kind of been fun and exciting for me to kind of hear that again. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Have you, um, since you've been
0: doing solo stuff, uh, have you always
1: been sitting down? I freaking have. Yeah. You freaking I, have. Yeah. I I was really trying to get away from it for a second to, to and, and expanding upon it, but it never happened. And I'm fine with it because, frankly having that control in my uh, in my hands is sort of so comforting and amazing and to be able to control the the, the beats. Me and Essen are locked in and our, our hits that we do that have just become natural after a while, that we know exactly what each other are going to do.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, I mean, certainly that could be possible with getting yeah. a drummer and, and bringing everyone up to speed. Yeah. And teaching him four years worth of, uh, <laughs> you know, dynamics between the or five years worth of dyna- d- dynamics between the two of us. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have just never been able to truly relinquish that control ever. And the idea of being able to set the pace every night and, and s- is depending on my mood and switch up the set list and just be like, okay, now we're gonna do this quick, or I change my mind. It's like. You know, it's all happening in my head at the time as it's happening versus like we got the set list, everyone's kind of it out, we got to plan it up, we gotta put I'm gonna play it and mm-hmm. then I don't know, so it adds a dimension of excitement for me every night going, I don't know what I'm gonna play, maybe maybe I'll do this now. Yeah. Maybe halfway through that last song I went, Ooh, we're gonna do this one quicker and then just start it, you know. Yeah. So this feeling of just a certain flow mm-hmm. that becomes really nice when the control of the percussion and the lead is somehow just in your hands directly. Um, Some spontaneity, yeah, Yeah, or I'm just control freak. (laughs) But it feels nice. I like that. Good. Awesome, man. Well,
0: uh, and that sounds all great. Uh, Exciting to, you know, uh, uh, that you're going on the road uh, multiple times the next Mm -hmm. couple months. And uh, quite frankly, uh, you know, I just can't wait for the next one for sure.
1: I'll try to make you not wait too long. But oh, man. I, I can't think... promise anything anymore. I'll be, <laughs> I'll be sitting here drinking hams. Right. <laughs> I'll just be, I'll be here. <laughs> oh, man, I'm going to think about when I'm driving. I'm like, oh, man, he's waiting. Yeah. He's waiting. I was, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> it's all I do. Poor guy. That's all I do. All
0: right. Joseph Huber. Uh, man. Feeling good after that hams. I feel great. Uh, yeah. yeah, man. it was great to talk to you about your artistry, about your new album, about uh, your music old and new. Uh, yeah, dude, thanks for stopping by and everything. Thank you for having me. You bet. So, uh, as we close out, Joseph, tell me what keeps you up at night. What keeps me up at
1: night? Yeah um sleep paralysis you know what that is oh yeah You know what happens i when actually the fear in you of sleep paralysis of the, of the chance that you might have it that night oh yeah,
0: yeah i true. i actually i've <laughs> never i've never experienced it but a lot of my friends have and from what i understand i mean i know that like people make memes about it these days but mm-hmm. that would be terrifying yeah let's not talk about it we'll, we'll not do well, we don't have to go any farther than that <laughs> what uh what puts you to sleep
1: um making sure that my cat is cuddled in my arms oh. right here ever so gently oh yeah oh Directly. so you you are as as well where i lift the blanket and then he comes oh. in and then we're good
0: oh that's <laughs> lovely oh we love to see it we love to see it thanks for being on the show man cheers man you bet moondog streaming everywhere thank you for watching mr nice guy we'll see you next time